Well, Alejandro, Ooh. thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It is an absolute pleasure to speak to you. First things first, we'll start this off nice and simple. How has your day been so far? Well, day's been busy, actually. Uh, we didn't expect this amount of activity lately. So a lot of uh, things to answer, things to follow up on, that, but all fun stuff, you know, like it's, it's busy, but it's very nice for us. So I'm really, really happy about that. You release an album, the work doesn't stop anymore. You don't just get to sit back and chill and enjoy the uh, the uh, the buzz around it anymore. You got to keep working. Indeed, and um, you never, you always think like, "Well, we finally we're in the mastering stage. We finally finished all this big effort. We're gonna be done, and then we're really gonna chill." And it never happens. So it's the beginning of the next phase, and it's a lot of work as well. But it's a really positive work, so I'm I'm really happy. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that too. Ultimately, if you keep them busy, uh, that can only ever be a good thing. And we are one third of the way through 2023. So far, would you say this has been a good year for you? I definitely think it's a good year for us. It's especially from where we were coming, uh, this is probably one of the best years of my life at this moment. That's fantastic. Well, congratulations on the release of your exceptional new album, Camino de Brujos. I hope I'm saying that correctly. It's been out for a week now. How have you been finding the reaction to it? Not just necessarily from a review perspective, but from um, listeners on social media and so on. Yeah, well, we get mixed reactions, and I love that because we we were not out there to 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 make a record that would just simply satisfy the overall, you know, it would be a happy medium of everything to be, you know, we're not really out there to make people happy. Uh, <laughs> we are really out there to make ourselves happy. So we knew it was going to be uh, mixed reactions, and uh, people or they love it or they hate it, but nothing in between. And I think it's a good sign because uh, that's exactly what we were aiming to to do, you know, to make a statement of what we are. And we we knew that we were not going to be like, you know, uh, you know, complying with the trends and, you know, the things that are popular out there. We, we are completely aware of that. And uh, regardless, we just uh, follow, you know, our, our gut feeling. And this is what it brought out. Did you have a vision when you initially set down this path of what you want this particular record to be? This time around, we did have a vision. I mean, mm. normally we we are more of like, okay, let's let's just play with ingredients and see what comes out. And in this case, we didn't have uh, really the final style like figured out because that's impossible. You know, we we had as as previous albums, we just had the ingredients. The ingredients change, and then some of the ingredients also change in proportions. You know, where things that we were dragging around for a very long time, and now we just shift. And uh, we have a little bit more of thrash and a little bit more of uh, of death metal and a little mm. bit less of grunge and a little bit, you know, so the, the proportions change. But what we really had in mind when when we set up to do this record is to, uh, is in the production. We had an idea. I was like, we are really, I mean, at least, you know, yeah, I could speak for, for, for the rest of the band. I think we are all kind of like done with the, with the overproduced sounding metal that is that it became like the the no, new normal, you know. So uh, I think that uh, we wanted to do something completely in the opposite direction, you know. Like the uh, I mean, I was the producer of the record, and then uh, 
we were aiming to to have that feeling that we got in the 90s where we got those records coming from from Rob Bronner back in the day and everything. And it most, was mostly thanks to one person, actually, is the Andy Wallace production. This is the real uh, reason why many of us love a lot of records that we have at home. He's invisible. He's been always under the cover of a producer, you know, but he's the mixer. He's the guy that made this sound that we love so much from Slayer to, to Racing in the Machine to whatever. And uh, we were set to really go for that sound, you know, even mm -hmm. though we, with a big distance, you know, it's such an icon of production, you know, so we, he's our hero. We're not going to reach our hero, but at least we were walking towards that direction to the, bringing the human back into the metal uh, uh, albums, you know, because the human aspect seems to be gone. It seems to be on the way. But how much of that vision, and in particular the journey as he went down this pathway, was changed and adapted by events and scenarios that occur around you over this this period, even if it was for better or worse? Yeah, well, production was set, as I said, from star. You know, we were going to make a record that sounded like real people playing real instruments, mm. you know, and that was really the aim when we started. And I think some of the songs really took a turn into the more melancholic side because in the middle of well not in the middle we were like probably uh at the beginning of the production of the album um we had really a lot of personal tragedy my brother and i during the pandemic and uh, we were nearly abandoning the whole band world basically we were uh, we, we were in a dark place you know so mm -hmm. we had to uh, stop for a little bit. That's why this record took longer than what we had in mind at the beginning. And uh, at a certain moment, we kind of like left it, uh, you know, unattended. We we were not really thinking that we were going to finish this record, left alone that we were going to be on stage ever again. Mm -hmm. So um, it took a while for us to recover from that. And uh, well, everybody had hard times with the pandemic. We get really, really bad times to overcome. And um uh, after a while, we, we had the energy again and the strength to really go back into rewriting or, or uh, how to say, taking where we left it. Then I noticed that our music was a little bit slightly different. It was, uh, it had a, a different dimension. It was not only angry, uh, you know, metal that we wanted to write, but was something that had a lot, it needed to be an outlet for our emotional state. And uh, and a lot of that got printed in it, you know. There's there are places where you could really feel like, okay, this is this is really what what was inside our hearts at the moment. Did it work for you personally, though? Did it feel quite cathartic? Were you able to expel a certain level of demons from you by doing this? Yes, it was actually actually probably the the only reason I'm still alive. You know, it's like uh, writing music is uh, a lot of us in the music industry and the music business are there not because of money, because it's not great. And we know that, you know, that we could just follow another career path, but it's, it's because it's really our therapy. And, uh, and this is the only way I know to how to cope and survive difficult times. And it worked, definitely worked. Along the way, uh, each part of the phase, so from writing, recording, producing, all of that, what for you then was the most challenging aspect of working on this record? Mastering. <laughs> mm, why? <laughs> uh, well, because uh, 
to be honest, I mean, I, I was, uh, I, I will never advise anybody to work on their own music. I never do it, actually. I never try not, it's not really what, what I like, you know, I, I have it a lot easier when I work for different clients and I work on their albums. I'm very objective. Now with this, I'm not objective at all, you know, so it is, it is a really difficult thing to do, to detach from the, from being the singer or the guitar player of this band, to try to be the producer. Uh, and then mixing was like not as hard as I thought it was going to be, you know, I have to be honest. But then in the mastering stage, I was completely done with the record. I could oh. not hear any differences. But I, we had to deliver and we had a deadline, you know, for our label. We were offered, uh, you know, people really well, good qualified people. But because we had this vision in mind, and actually, the people that we wanted once was, uh, yeah, there the, the were only two people that could have done this record in our eyes for our vision. That was Andy Wallace or, uh, or Stanley Suarez. And Stanley Suarez is a good friend of mine. And he was uh, actually the person that I, we wanted on the record because he had the same vision that we had, you know, this raw, uh, realistic uh, uh, view of music. And he's, he's great, but he was really busy. At the time, uh, he had all other things that, that he needed to, 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 to put his mind into. Like, he works for Megadeth, so as you can imagine, mm -hmm. he's, you know, he's a busy guy. So he couldn't do it. Uh, the other person was Andy Wallace, and he's completely out of my budget. So, you know, we were like, okay, we don't have the means to reach that. And then the rest of the producers, with all respect, is not what we wanted. Mm -hmm. They're really successful, you know? I mean, in, if I see, they're very successful producers, very successful mixers. But uh, metal nowadays doesn't speak to us or to our vision. So we we didn't want to go in there. So we were forced, basically. Then, you know, then on the mastering stage, we, we wanted, yeah, we wanted Impossible. We wanted uh, George Marino to do this, and uh, but he, he, he passed away, uh, sadly, a few years back. And he's like, really, who mastered a couple of the records that we love. So we were forced really to like, okay, we wanted it to be that vision that we had when we had the first idea, we're going to have to do it ourselves. And uh, then that objectivity uh, was lacking. So I, I needed to depend a lot on the opinion of the guys. You know, the guys was really helping me uh, to really discern from my self-illusions of things that I will hear, you know, because I heard the record too many times. And then we landed at the end, and um, and it was very hard. I I have to be honest, like I was not even sure what we were putting out until I finally saw, okay, the people are getting the message. We did an honest job. This is really the band. It sounds like a band playing. So you never want to do that again. Uh, hopefully not. No. Hopefully not. Yeah, that's the important word. I completely understand what you're saying about um, the difficulties you run into there as well um would you call this album is it fair to call this album an encapsulation of that moment for the band eg it's not necessarily ever going to be reflective of what you might do in the future yeah well this time of course we get a big shift because of you know because of the change of the lineup you know yeah. like my brother and i we do have like our, our roots in thrash metal, you know, and actually we, we heard a lot of thrash, death and, and grunge, you know, those are the things that we are really in love with at a mm. certain moment, because we mix this at the moment with the people that we were playing with in a certain proportion, people labeled us as a sludge doom band, you know, mm. because we had 
a lot of sludgy or were they considered in that genre? But we never thought that we were a sludge or a doom man. Mm. We were playing just, you know, what what came from the heart, from the things that we heard with the possibilities we had, right? Yeah. So now what's changed is like Jerry, uh, our drummer, he he's a punk drummer, right? And he plays uh, a lot of the fast, aggressive punk. And we love that too. So we have different tools and we need to cook again, right? So we get different ingredients. We don't have, oh, we don't have, uh, I don't know. Uh, rosemary, but we have now oregano. So well, let's do this with with this new ingredient. So we had Jerry's a very violent uh, punk drummer, and we love Slayer. We love all of that. We just never had the possibility to go that direction. So now we have it. So that's one of the ingredients. And of course, Paolo, uh, you know, he's the bass player of Sepultura, and uh, you know, he he's had a long, long, long career playing fast, aggressive, you know, thrash metal tracks. So he brought all of that and, uh, and pushed us to, you know, to have that, that kind of a, of a tempo that we were not normally jumping into very quick. And uh, we just put it all together now with the same ingredients, but it doesn't land into sludge anymore because now mm. we have a bigger aspect that is more related to punk and we had more people loving thrash metal, you know, like like now Paolo and Juan and me are really are our majority in the band. So kind of we push more towards that. And um, and then, yeah, probably it's a similar uh, recipe of what we had, but because the ingredients change in, in, in proportion, then we end up in a different different thing. And uh, well, of course, I think that uh, also is the the this passion that we have for for classic rock especially paulo and me mm. you know paulo likes a lot of the 70s uh bands and me too and we are very admiring all these bands from the past and then when we get together we do a lot of uh, listening and you know we drink wine and listen to to good bands and we've done this <laughs> many years in the past and now what well, the difference was like well now we're jamming to make songs and these jams ended up in the record. And we have a lot of these moments in which the band morphs into a 70s rock psychedelic band that just, you know, plays, uh, or instruments are playing in reaction to each other, basically. It's, not, it's, it's more like a loose thing. And that's what, what brought this record to this type of sound that we have now. It's clearly working because... I tried to pay attention to the last week to keep an update because I knew we were going to do this interview and I wanted to understand exactly not just what the listener base wanted, but also potentially if there would be an influx of people who might be discovering you for the first time. And I noticed there actually was. There are a large amount of people across many different countries finding you out for the first time based on this album, which is fascinating in itself. Why do you think that is? What uh, is it about this record for a new person that's kind of appealing? Yeah, well, I think it's like, it's the returning to our roots with, with enough luggage to to kind of like take decisions based on what we want and not caring, you know? Mm. And making a record a lot with, based a lot in, in friendship and in just, you know, we really want to please each other with what we want to play. You know, and we're not that uh, probably our age as, as well. You know, we're not the youngest anymore. And then we really we really want to play music that we really love. And we have heard many, many bands in the past. So 
you know, we kind of like now we're so sure, like, hey, we're going to go there even if nobody wants it. And even if nobody would like this, we're going to do this. And even if we have everything, in, if maybe people will label this that way, we don't care. We go. And that has a big uh, freedom, you know, it's a freedom mm. that I don't think we will let go anymore. And also the need for experimenting has changed. We don't have that need anymore because actually people say like, well, you used to play Doom and Sludge and all that. But our first record was thrash metal, was really violent, right? And then we played that and then we're like, okay, we done it, you know, nice. This, this was one, one thing that I wanted to get done. It sounds aggressive, it sounds fast, it sounds all the things that we wanted. Now we need to experiment. And then we went into experiment for 10 long years into these albums that have sometimes really very long, you know, atmospheric tracks. Mm. And we were exploring different ways to make dissonance, different ways to make darkness that were not based on a palm muting chan 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 riff, you know? We wanted to go somewhere and experiment all that. And I think that period ended because we grab what we learn from it. Uh, we don't need to experiment that long. We know what we liked of that time. You know, those 10 years still give us some things that we use today. And then Paolo did that with a different band, with Sepultura. Yeah. What do you want? You know, it's like, it's an icon of South American thrash metal. It's like the band that that you know the band that, that that brought the sound and everything so he doesn't need to experiment in that direction he experiments on the 70s rock direction that's mm -hmm. what we he does with us the other parts are very familiar to him like we played fast you know riffing and for him it's like yeah that's my everyday you know and and jerry he's really as i said he's a punk violent drummer that can groove and he you know, he's just doing another day of the job, you know, basically is what he loves and what he does. So now it's very natural. It's not like we get to experiment. No, we just play what we want. And that authenticity does come through because if you were trying to fake it, you would be caught out. It would come through in the sound. People would recognize it and notice it. So the fact that it does as an album feel so authentic to what you want to do, what you're choosing to do and how relaxed you are about it. I think that's why it is resonating with new people who are discovering you as well as those who have been on a journey too uh, along the way as well and who are enjoying what you're doing i also think that to be honest um it's funny because i read reviews that said like well the, the album sounds sounds uh the music i like but it's underproduced it sounds like it's not finished mm. and then on the other reviews i hear like whoa this sounds so crystal clear and i could hear everything so i think also has a refreshing factor that is not over polished and uh, i think the people that could get or understand that message that this is like a realistic album that you could actually imagine the people playing is like comparing i don't know uh, the movie jaws with uh, the megalodon somewhere in the in the 2000 something you know it's like see it's like computer generated graphics versus a very realistic 70s, you know, robot in, in the water, you know? I think we are Jaws. We're raw, we're not polished, we're not perfect, but we are more realistic in, in some ways than many things that are, you know, the new offerings. So I, th I think some people, at least from the emails that we have received, have gotten that as, a, as something that is refreshing. Even though it's not perfect, we're not perfect. We're terrible musicians, by the way, sometimes. <laughs> 
we just we just you know it works you know we kind of like complement each other and we land it it's like you know you got skaters that are really good at landing tricks and some of them that landed almost falling well we almost fall the trick but we 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 landed at the end you know so that gives some excitement as well i think I love your analogies. It's uh, it's fantastic. Uh, we should say, going back to the Jaws Megalodeon one, only one of those movies is, is going to stand the test of time. Only one still exists and is considered an icon. And we know which one it is. <laughs> hopefully we're, we're on that path. But hopefully, I don't know. I really don't know. But uh, at least I'm happy. I mean, we are very happy with the record. We are, you know, I've never been this... Uh, this happy of hearing and I say yes you know it's, it's the it's the right imperfection we're not using any instagram filters this is our face this is a, with our imperfections with our things that that's how we are and then i i like that feeling I mean, normally i would love a statement like that to be that is the perfect way to end this interview what wonderful words you've said and what genuine honesty you bring but i do want to just throw this one at you and this is basically uh about getting your name out there so of course Beyond the Borders of South America is a major challenge, spreading the name across the world. For you, what is the biggest challenge that you face with getting your name, even after a decade, around the world? Well, I think that, uh, you know, the world is overloaded right now with, mm -hmm. with music. So the, the amount of things, the releases per day is incredible, you know? So mm. it is a completely different ballgame than back in the day. You get like uh, record labels that were kingmakers and that, that doesn't even happen anymore, you know? Like a lot of the labels, they just want a king that is already crowned, you know? It's just, just they don't even have the power to, to be the kingmaker anymore because, you know, who are you to make me listen to this? You know, of course, mm. money. Is a big aspect to making a band being promoted. They have to have a budget for that and everything. So the opportunities are completely different, and uh, that's why you know a lot of the of the bands, or they become uh, in Instagram or a TikTok a phenomena. You know, and they, they have this viral aspect, this amount of followers and everything that happen because they did mm -hmm. something related with their social media uh, activity. And then uh, the labels will, will happen very quick and say like, wow, that's already working. So let's go for it, right? Yeah. And um, and that's fine. But it, that wouldn't work with a band like us. Because we're busier. We try to find the perfect snare sound that fits in our vision. And we're nerdy enough to just, you know, go there. And just we're not busy with that. You know, we're not really trendy. And we will never be trendy. You know, we're like, we're out of fashion in that way. You know, we're, mm. we're just... The regular guys, you know, that are there and play in, in, in you know, music for, for, for the heart. You know, we, we, it's not, nothing wrong with the people that are very popular and, and, and successful in their social media. You know, that's the new game. But maybe we're too old for the new game, you know. So it's just, it's just not, not us. And then we were, when the chances were like the, the only way to make it was like or being a viral hit that our label would will grab or you know you had the right looks you know and you were perfect mm. to a label could think like well well maybe we can invest some money in this it was not going to happen right so if it happens it happens out of chance right of course i mean we're we can't be uh uh we can't say this and, and not mention the fact that now we have a huge name in metal history 
you know, pushing all the way with us, you know, as Paolo, who's a big friend of ours. Of course. Right. And he he's probably where he was moved also by the fact that he knows uh, he knows us for many years and he knows that we never abandon and we're not going to let this go. And he just said, well, let's make it happen. Let's just go in there and let's make music and let's bring that album out. And that's going to help all the way. It's probably one of the reasons why people grab that album the first time to do a review, right? But I love the reviews that we like the most and the reviews that Paolo likes the most is the reviews of people that have no idea that actually he plays in the band, you know, because then you realize there's some honesty in the message. And then the reason was like they picked it up was maybe you know, unrelated to that. And they don't realize that he's in the band and they mm. he give it a fair chance. And then you have other reviews that are actually really negative just because he is in the band and they have an expectation of how we should sound. And, uh, and it, you know, it's a world that is difficult to, 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 how do you say, to understand. I mean, we're in transition period as well as a music industry from the time where CDs were sold until now, even if it's 20 years, it's not done yet. So mm. who will know? And we are coming out of obviously a lengthy pandemic period, which kind of put the industry into even more of a mess. Um, if you're still alive and you're still surviving and you're able to release music as you've just done with a new album, that is a, damn good place to be i think uh trying to navigate the chaos of social media uh yeah it's 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 a lot to ask it's a lot indeed we'll see i mean we're happy that some people have have discovered it on their own you know and then and then we're happy with the help of people like you you know like a lot of independent media is reaching out to us and uh, and they're helping us, and you guys are really who are spreading the word for us. And and that's probably how it used to be back in the day when I listened mm. to those first bands that I fell in love with. So uh, I do like this process much more than than if we will have been entered through the big door of a big push of of you know on on a huge tour like like bigger bands normally will enter the the field we're entering the right way like i learned you know i remember the first time i heard pestilence for instance a, a death metal band that i used to love it was like that it was a friend of mine with with a recorded tape oh have you listened to this these guys are great and then you know you slowly get the word around and that's how we are growing at the, at the moment and i love that feels right yeah, I'm old enough to have uh, cassettes uh, handed back to me in a day um, from bands as well. So I know exactly what it's like. It's still, we're dealing with word of mouth now, but just happens to be word of mouth spread online as much as yes. possible. Yes. But it's worth talking about. It's worth championing. Camino de Brujos. Uh, it was literally, it's a week old today as of time recording. One week out, it is available to stream and listen to. Alejandro, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thanks a lot for the opportunity. Really, really, thank you guys for all the support. Thank you very much for watching. If you liked what you saw, please help us out by giving us a thumbs up and hitting that subscribe button. If you really liked what you saw, consider donating to keep the website and channel running by buying us a coffee via our coffee page or picking up some merch from our Big Cartel store. You can check us out on gbhbl.com as well as via our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well as listen to our interviews via SoundCloud, Apple Music, and Spotify. Just search for GBHBL. Games, horror, and heavy metal. What else is life for?